got a feel-good story for everybody. I got one here, right, right here. I'm Spike O'Neill's Matt Butler at the board. Mm. What a tune, man! Oh. Today's good news story actually broke yesterday, so I hope you'll indulge me. After 23 seasons and seven Super Bowl wins, Tom Brady is retiring again. It's Groundhog Day! Tom Brady should have retired on Groundhog Day, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then he could come back and retire again, come back and retire again. It'd be awesome. There you go. Uh, Yep. The GOAT, Tom Brady, is retiring. Again. Um, and, you know, it's it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for Tom Brady to do. Although at 45 years of age, 23 seasons, seven Super Bowl rings, he's still, even at 45, better than a, a, a quarter of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. What he makes up, what he lacks in uh, in arm strength, and mobility at the age of 45, he more than compensates for in uh, in brains, guile, knowledge of the game, ability to read a defense, and act. He's a, he's a chess master. He's a coach on the field. He knows more than every coach that coaches him about the game, about offensive football, about how to uh, read and dissect and find defensive weaknesses. He knows more than anybody. And I hate the guy. I mean, I think he's smug. I think he's got the personality of a wet sponge. And he's beating my team, which that's why I hate him. You know, you always you always hate the guy who beats your team. When Tom stepped away from the game initially, it was like, okay, way to go out on top, man. Nobody does that anymore. Everybody, everybody stays too long at the fair. Nobody knows when to call it a day. And Tom didn't. Tom didn't know when to call it a day. He retired and then said, you know, and that and that happens. He heard the call of the game. You know, he he missed getting ready for another season. He missed camp. He missed the brotherhood of his team. I I get it. When that's what you've done for 23, 22, at the time, 21 seasons, I think. 20 seasons. When that's all you know, that's that's all you know. And it was going to be a difficult transition for him to step away from the game. Stuck at home with that crabby wife of his, the supermodel. You know, I mean, on top of each other in their 8,500 square foot mansion, one of probably five they owned. I mean, come on, Tom. Retirement with Giselle looked so bad to you that you had to come back and, I mean, you know, Tom did fine. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he had success. But he wasn't, you know, the GOAT in New England. He wasn't that Tom Brady. And he's going to retire now. He's going to put his feet up. He's going to fish more. He's going to take up macrame. No, I'm kidding. He's going to be able to afford that retirement. I think, well, I'm kidding because he's going to work for Fox Sports. They're going to pay him. $375 million over 10 years. They're giving him a third of a billion dollars 
to be a broadcaster, an analyst. I thought you said this was a feel-good story, Spike. I lied. Well, no, see, that's the thing. Here's a good point. I'm glad you brought this up. Every story out there, you can look at it as the uh, the jockstraps half empty or the jockstraps half full, right? It's on. It's how you look at things. Tom Brady is going into the booth where he could be an absolute dud. You know, tr- uh, knowledge of the game and the ability to win consistently doesn't always translate well into a broadcast career. Some of the best broadcasters had mediocre, if any, professional careers. Todd Blackledge does college football. He was drafted in the NFL out of Penn State, but never had a career worth speaking of in the NFL. But he's fantastic in the booth. Troy Aikman's one of the few who has achieved multiple Super Bowl success on the field and been a complete success in the booth. But that's rare. People like Tony Romo, he never won a playoff game. I mean, he had a successful NFL career. Don't get me wrong. You're quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You marry Jessica Simpson. You've done you've done well. And he's got a fine broadcast career ahead of him. Despite the, did you hear the other day? By the way, when Tony Romo was calling the uh, the Kansas City game. I think oh was, yes, I did. I, I know. You know. I don't know that we should play that. I don't believe. Well, no. Well, no. Well, no. No. It aired on network television. He didn't say what everybody thinks he was about to say. He caught himself. He double-clutched, you know, as they say in the quarterback world. Janet Jackson should have done the same. Or or Timberlake, the guy who ripped it open. Yeah, he should have double-clutched. Anyway, Tony Romo's calling a game for Kansas City, and he's, he's giving the color recap of a play, and he's oh, – it's hard to even describe – People think people think he was about to use the N word, and he caught himself, and 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 just moved right on, and and even I think it was uh, Shannon Sharp, the commentator who does a talk show. I think it's called Undisputed with Skip Bayless. He came out and said, "Hey, he was about to say the N word." Uh, who knows? Who knows? What he was about to there say. There was very little to my ears else that it could have sounded like because well, well, of the par- he got as far as the second letter in the word, and it didn't sound like another letter. Well, uh, here's here's the thing. Uh, you're right. He may have very well, and I don't know the guy from Adam. All I know is his professional life, his career on the field, now, and his career in the booth. Now we're not saying that's intent because no, 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 there no, no, has no. been a subconscious thing. Like, right. like there have been people on television and radio who have transposed letters in words and ended up saying an obscenity. Right, but so he wasn't reading. Right. He was just talking. And he was calling the uh, Kansas City-Cincinnati game. And I thought he was going to say three Niners. That maybe he was thinking that was the San Francisco 49ers the Chiefs were playing. Three n- is where he stopped himself and kept going. But I digress. We're talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady could, because the guy is not charismatic. I mean, he's charismatic. He's got a zillion dollars and he bagged the supermodel. Of course, he's got game. But he may be an absolute flop in the booth and, and you know, go out. He would leave the great stage with dog poop on his shoe. You know, that's the memory we'd have is that he's a terrible broadcaster. And he went to Tampa and extended his career beyond when he should have. 
and went out a loser. Lost the last game he ever played. Who knows how it'll play out? You know how on Facebook when you see uh, marked safe from, you know, marked safe from having classified documents in my garage. <laughs> Next you know, to my Corvette. Right. I, I saw marked safe from having to watch Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. You know, the GOAT, yeah, he's clearly clearly the greatest quarterback just from the length of time he played and the seven Super Bowl wins he had. Hard to argue that he's the, not the greatest quarterback whoever played, if not of his generation at least. Got more wins than anybody. And he's done. He is done like dinner. No more on the field, for, at least for now. Then again, it is Groundhog Day. He said he was done before. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't think you play that card more than once. That I, I, I couldn't stay away. The call of the game brought me back. I don't think you can do that a second time. I think he is really, really, really done. And, well, at least he's proving you can. Somebody can make money in media. Oh, he's. It, Jeez, is that the most ridiculous contract though? The most. Oh, I mean, they don't know what they've got yet. He's never done this. I it's star power. You throw oh, I know, money I know, at I people you. because they're famous. It's, yeah, but, it's what we do all of the time. I'll give you an example. That's no guarantee of success, though, bud. I mean, you're right. They just threw money at him. That's what they did. But $350 million over 10 years so that he didn't go because he's going to Fox, right? Yeah, he's going to Fox, who just lost Troy Aikman and Jack Buck to, I think, ESPN. So they had to do something to fill that huge void. And if they're going to make Tom Brady their ace, their A-team, number one team guy... I hope he's got game. I hope he's working at home, practicing, calling 10,000 games in his garage to get good. Don't just walk in the booth thinking you're going to crack it open and be the goat of broadcasters, Tom. It's not how it works, man. Got to put your time in. Got to learn from your mistakes. Got to say through the and stop and catch yourself, right? You got you to gotta practice, man. $375 million. Over 10 years for a guy who's never done it before? I think that's just crazy. I, you know, and we all love shouting for him. We all love seeing people fail. That's just an ugly part of human nature, is loving to see somebody more successful than you pulled back to the pack. You know, that's what we do. It's part of our reptilian brain. We make ourselves feel better by belittling others. Maybe Tom will be great in the booth. Maybe he'll be carefree. Maybe he was so comfortable and casual and have the most brilliant insights. Maybe 375 over 10 years is a screaming deal. I doubt it, but maybe. What do I know? I don't know nothing. I know if I retired and was going home to Giselle, I wouldn't be whining about it. <laughs> I do know that. Well, he's not going home to her. They're divorced. Well, I mean, that, but that's what he did last time he retired, Right. He retired and got home to his supermodel multimillionaire wife. Do you think that's what caused the divorce after they spent time together? They were like, a lot oh, of no. A, a lot of who knows? A lot of people speculate that, you know, he told her he was done and she wanted him to be done. And he went back to the game and that was that was all she wrote. She was gone. Out there sowing her wild oats now. You know? Tom, you need to clean the gutters. You need to mow the lawn. You need to plant the shrubbery. You need to do all these things. The toilet is clogged. Tom, why are you going back to football? Why? 
That's my Giselle impression. I hope it's spot on. I doubt it. I've never heard her speak. Giselle, oh, you know what? I have. I have. She was in The Devil Wears Prada. She had a cameo in The Devil Wears Prada. She's talking to Emily Blunt in a scene in which Anne Hathaway walks in after a makeover. And she goes, she looks good. You know? Yeah. So I have seen her. That's how, that's how manly I am. I can quote you scene from The Devil Wears Prada. There's my man card for you. My man card is a queen of hearts. God. <laughs> what do I know about Tom Brady? And I'm worried about his supermodel wife. It's funny. You, you talk about, uh, I'll tell you what I know about Tom Brady. He was a six-round draft pick who exceeded all expectations. Right? Much like Brock Purdy from the Niners this weekend. Number, Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy taken in the draft. Right? The guy that nobody thought was tall enough or had enough game to play in the NFL took his team. Without an elbow injury, he almost took his team to the Super Bowl. So scouts don't know Jack. They miss Tom Brady. They miss Brock uh, Purdy. They keep drafting these number one draft picks out of Alabama or Georgia or wherever, you know, superpower football factory college university. These can't miss guys who keep missing. So that's, yeah, they, they missed it on Tom and he just, he worked. He can't run. I, I, you know, as much as I dislike him, I think he's smug. I think he's got the personality of a sponge, but he did work harder than anybody. That's how you get to play to your 45. 23 seasons, seven Super Bowl wins. You play, he probably worked harder than anybody in the league history because he's a slow, tall, white guy who was drafted in the sixth round. He didn't, you know, he wasn't tabbed for greatness from the cradle. He had to work his ass off to get where he was, and he did. And I'll say he has no personality, but I'll tell you what, if I watch the movie Ted 2, you ever see that movie? You see the scene where they tried to break into Tom Brady's house and steal his seed? It is flipping comedy genius from Seth MacFarlane. If you haven't seen Ted 2, it's the story of a talking teddy bear, Mark Wahlberg, who has this talking teddy bear, Ted, who is basically Peter Griffin from Family Guy in, with fur. Ted wants to have a baby and he can't conceive, so they're going to steal human seed. And where else? who else would you want to father your child if you're from Boston than Tom Brady? Tom, I can wait and Elon Tom, Musk do it for me. Oh, God, what a horrible thought. <laughs> what a horrible, horrible thought. Or Nick Cannon. Oh, yeah, Nick Cannon will... <laughs> I'm gonna. I told you I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating another Twisted Christmas comedy album, right? Another Chris, a, some, another Christmas parody album. And I think the Twelve Kids of Canon would be a great Christmas parody about the twelve day, like the twelve days of Christmas. What Nick Cannon gets his kids for Christmas? I think that'd be funny. Anyway, congratulations, Tom, on a great career. You go, buddy. Here's to you, Tom Brady. Good luck. Uh, he's, I'm retiring for good. Well, good luck. Good luck to you, my friend. I, I hope the broadcast career goes great. I, we could use another skilled, quality broadcaster on NFL games. We really could. There's more bad ones than good ones. I hope Tom turns out to be a good one. I hope he works as hard on broadcasting as he worked on his football career. And I, I But even more so, I wish the Hawks had handed the Marshawn at the one. And that the Falcons hadn't blown a 28-3 lead. You know, that's what I hate about Tom. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> I told you there was a good news story today. Tom Brady's not going to play football anymore, see? There's lots of great news stories out there, buddy. Lots of reason to be optimistic. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill, along with my friend Matt Butler. Mr. Optimism. We'll be right back after these. Matthews Band, and they have a new album coming out in May, May 19th. It's called Walk Around the Moon. Is he, uh, I wonder if he's still recording at uh, Robert Lang Studios up in my neighborhood. I bet he is. He's a Northwesterner now. Often seen in our neighborhood. Uh, by the way, another snub from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for Dave Matthews Band. That is unfortunate. Yeah. He should be in there. Well, it, he's only, I think it's only his fifth year of eligibility. So he's relatively new to the snub team, team snubby. Uh, we announced last night, we gave you the 14 nominees for this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was announced yesterday. And all everybody on that list seems very, very deserving of the hall. Soundgarden. One of the nominees this year. I hope that they make it. Boy, that story that Lisa was talking about, the uh, the reality show from Netflix, the real-life reality show, the real-life Squid Game. It's almost like I had a point in the first hour. You know, I, I hate to keep, I you know, I, I keep looking for evidence of optimism, you know? Stories of, of good news. What do I come up with? Japanese kids licking sushi and reality TV is trying to kill people. Great! Matt's point. Game. Match. Yeah. They're they're making a real life squid game for Netflix. And and people are trying to win multiple millions of dollars. As Lisa said in the story, the the story that Lisa brought you in the last newscast. It's a ten episode competition series currently being filmed in the UK. But People, contestants are already complaining. Three people collapsed during a nine-hour session of red light, green light in a freezing, well, freezing, in a uh, an airplane hangar. You know, cold's just a matter of degree, no pun intended. What's cold to you isn't cold to somebody from Minnesota whose high today was minus eight. They're looking at minus 50 temperatures this week. They don't, what we feel is cold, they don't feel as cold. But when you've got to not move for 30 minutes at a, at a clip, okay, that can be stressful and straining. And people are collapsing. I get it. Netflix says, we care deeply about the health and safety of our cast and crew. Invest in all the appropriate safety procedures. 
While it was very cold on set and participants were prepared for that, any claims of serious injury are untrue. Three people were treated for mild medical conditions and medics were on set at all times. Okay. What was most disturbing about the news story that Lisa brought us was the uh, the allegations of, of, it, of being fixed, of prominent social influence, social media influencers who are taking part in this, being passed on to the next round. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. You think, you think, see, that's, to me, that's more troubling than injuring people. In, I mean, it, both of them are horrible. Don't get me wrong. What, you know, to injure people for RR entertainment, that seems like we have, we have turned the corner on civilization. We're, you're right. We're, you're right. We're not going to make it. When we need to see people hurt to be entertained, that's, that's like the fall of the Roman Empire stuff there, man. We, we have, someone near and dear to me today pointed out something, excuse me, that I have said for a long time, that certain things should have at least been paused for a while to allow the human psyche to catch up, if not stopped at a certain point. Because we have continued on without restraint, we are now in a position where it takes more and more extreme stuff to get people stimulated and get people interested. And that's why you see things like this. No, I couldn't disagree. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I can't disagree with you on that. But what what should have been paused? What would I mean? It's it's an intriguing point of view that we have just we have indulged our ourselves in pursuit of the almighty dollar. This is all about money. Entertainment is all about money these days. It's about getting people to pay to see what you've got. What 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 could have should have been paused in your eyes? The I mean, development of mo- of inter- the internet and mobile technology as okay. a collusion. Mm. The ability of new platforms to usurp establishment media. Okay. Okay. Um, that that the, without protection for artists and creators. Okay. Um, I think that far outpaced you know our ability to deal with it and ruined a lot of people's livelihoods without giving them a proper way forward to adapt. Okay. Um, as you see in places like Canada and Europe, broadcasters were given fair footing when it came to streaming rights. They were able to advance and compete in the digital arena. Here we basically let one organization set those rates, not even a governmental organization, just sort of a cartel basically, to cripple radio's ability to move into the digital space in a profitable way. So there are a myriad of things where we didn't protect and plan ahead, and now we're dealing with all this. There's an article, and I hope we talk about it at some point, probably tomorrow, about social media in the state of Utah. The state of Utah is proposing, or several representatives are proposing bills that put a minimum age on being on social media without proof, proof of parental consent. Another one suggests that people have to be 18 and they have to provide legal identification to hold a social media account. Mm. And these are being proposed by Utah Republicans, by the way, because they feel that social media companies have profited highly. They have huge amounts of international venture capital, but they have done damage to the psyche of young people. Interesting. Uh, you, I, I, I'm it's like a broken record, but you're right. Um, we had a story this week about how the Surgeon General of the United States says that kids shouldn't be anywhere near social media before the age of 13. That it is damaging 
to their self-esteem, uh, that it is addictive in its use of uh, algorithms to feed a kid's brain. It's an addictive, self-destructive tool that should be in the hands of someone who's not emotionally, physically prepared to be a part of that arena. You're, you're right. I am, and I hate to say, you know, keep the government out of my, my privacy. I don't be the privacy guy because I'm, not, I'm really not that guy. But there's an argument to be made that the government telling you know telling you what you can and can't do, right? I'm amazed that these are Republicans. I get the conservative element of kids shouldn't be on social media. Parents should know what's going on. It's 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 definitely a family values argument, and yeah, one that yeah, yeah. quite frankly I agree with. Uh, as a father of you know, well they're they're both now legal adults, but having raised two kids, yeah. And again, only my second child came up in the social media age. Our older daughter was uh, pretty much who she was going to be before social media molded her into who she would be. Because nowadays kids are molded by their interaction with social media. It's undeniable and not for the better. But, you know, you bring up a, a point that I, that, that I really want to get back to is should we fault a tool or invention because it is abused by some. Should we, I mean, the example could be guns. Guns were invented for the benefit of society, for protection, right? For To help us hunt and, 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 and eat. So are guns bad because people abuse them? Because use them, use them in crime? No, but we kept making guns higher capacity, no, rap, no, 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 more I, rapid fire. I get you. I get no. You're right. You're right. You're that's right, that's you're right. my point. If no, they had you. been paused at the musket era, <laughs> we wouldn't be having this discussion. If you could have any weapon that was around when the Second Amendment was written, do what you want with it. Yeah, I hear you. I think you're right about other countries having a better grasp on what these inventions, what business can do to your society. Because again, this is all about money. Allowing social media to run amok unchecked and giving them access to our kids and letting them abuse that access to the point of, you know, harming the next generation of Americans. It's all about money. And maybe we should have been a little more proactive in not kneeling to capitalism. Isn't that kind of a socialist or a communist point of view, though, when the government's going to take what's best for people as opposed to individual choice and freedom? Well, people have proven that there can be such a thing as too much freedom. Oh, yeah. When you we, prove, <laughs> we prove it every by day. the way, it doesn't mean freedom for corporations. It means the life, liberty, and happiness, pursuit of happiness of the individual. When corporations gather power, gather investment capital, and do things that are harming individuals, particularly minor individuals, maybe it's time for our government to stand up for the people. Yeah. Well, Chief Justice John Roberts would disagree with you, but I am with you a thousand percent. I'm with you on this one. It's Kyra Knights. We'll be right back. What a day this has been. What a rare mood I'm in. Why, it's almost like being in love. There's a smile on my face. The Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It is Groundhog Day. Why Nicely done. Matt Butler's at the board. I'm Spike like O'Neill. Do you know who this is, Spike? This sounds like Seth MacFarlane. It is Seth MacFarlane. Right on. Seems to be and um, 
And I believe it's Johnny Mathis' version that's at the end of Groundhog Day, if I'm not mistaken. We can check into that and let you know what I think. I think it's the Johnny Mathis version of Groundhog Day. See, now this I can listen to all night. Oh, he's fantastic. What a guy, man. Seth MacFarlane. What a, what a talent. The guy with... The, <laughs> the guy whose brain never got out of eighth grade. He has got the most juvenile sense of humor of all time. But you got to admit the genius of Seth MacFarlane. The talent on so many levels of Seth MacFarlane. You know, Matt and I have been having a, a discussion tonight about optimism and about, you know, uh, how society seems to celebrate the worst and reward and champion our worst behavior. We have the story about... Uh, Network, uh, Netflix, network, Netflix making a new, uh, a squid game, a new squid game show. They're filming in Britain. Lisa Brooks had the story in the newscast about how, you know, people were injured. It's, it's during the filming, three people were, were injured and needed medical attention. Netflix comes back and says, Hey, we had medical people on staff. We take great care and precaution. The crew, the safety of our crew and our cast is of most importance. Uh, and they're they're talking about four point five six million is going to be the the announced re- reward, the grand prize. Four hundred fifty six competitors were were gathered and selected for this ten episode reality show. This competition, Netflix or excuse me, Squid Game: The Challenge is what it's going to be called, being filmed in England right now. And, you know, we do. We have such a high threshold of entertainment. What it takes to impress us. It gets worse and worse every year. Used to be you could watch people live on an island for 10 weeks, you know, and that was enough. Then you had to watch people live on an island and try to hook up. We needed that level. Then that wasn't enough. Then you that people- was probably just bringing to camera what happened off camera in the other series. Possibly, possibly, but we needed to see it, right? Then just hooking up wasn't enough. You had to cheat on somebody. You know, then, okay, we'll put people in an isolated situation. We'll make them hook up, uh, but we'll make them lie about it. We only want liars. We want people to be completely deceitful. You just reminded me of another era of the internet that I loathed. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that there was a massively successful website that was centered around encouraging people to cheat on their spouses. That was one of my first inter- that was one of the first moments when I go, no, we're doomed. What was this again? The massive success of what was it called? Ashley Ashley Madison? Ashley Madison. Yeah. The website for cheaters. That was so crazy popular too, and that when I saw the numbers on that, I'm like, all right, we officially Hate our fellow humans. Well, there are those who think that natural selection will let the worst among us weed themselves out and knock themselves off, right? And then let them let them have their, you know, be, just because they make shows like Squid Game: The Challenge, where people are literally putting their lives at risk to win money, doesn't mean we have to watch it. But us not watching it doesn't solve the problem because their Netflix knows that there are enough eyeballs that will. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And we seem to, with the advent of so many different options for entertainment, we can super serve our weirdest interests, our weirdest fetishes. You know, we really can. And there will there will come a time. 
I mean, we already have what was. But there's weird and then there's inhumane. No, I, I hear you. I, well, again, we just keep getting worse degrees of what it takes to shock us, to entertain us, right? What was Joe Rogan's show? Fear Factor. Fear Factor, right? Look, sleep in a crate of bugs. Now eat those bugs. Now bake something with a bug in it for somebody else. I mean, you, you know, like the kids in Japan. You can't get clicks on on the social media, uh, you know, or TikTok and screen, whatever, whatever they're on over there, unless you like lick sushi and put it back on the conveyor belt. That's what it takes to to impress your compatriots on social media. I think you're right. It's hopeless. <laughs> You've won me over. We've all lost. But I, I just am optimistic. You know, I really am. I think that I think it's a phase. So what's going to put the genie back in the bottle? Like, what do you think is going to come along that's going to put us into a higher state of consciousness? Is everyone going to start suddenly getting therapy and microdosing? It couldn't hurt. Um, no. um, I think. I think we will all be. We'll all see. Go that. We'll all see a moment. I think where it's just that's too much. That's too far. But we haven't hit it yet. We haven't hit it yet. You're right. We haven't hit it yet. But I think we will. You know, I really do. I think we'll go, okay. And I think that's a bridge too far. I think we excuse it. We let it slide. We let it slide. We let it slide to a point where nobody stands up about it. Nobody can stop it. When the snowball goes down the mountain, at a certain point, it picks up way too much speed. Mm. Um, um, I believe in Yeti. I think the Yeti is yet to come. The Yeti will stand in front of that snow, that avalanche. <laughs> Save us all. It's Cairo Nights. Matt Butler, you are my spirit animal. You can't say I'm your sunshine. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> a little too gothy for that tonight. You're my little black cloud that cried. Remember that one? We'll be right back, folks. <laughs> Hope you'll join us after these.